Alvin Lee's old prophetic lyrics. I should add those in because we'll probably touch on them, the ones that are uh, antecedent to those that we hear, and that is everywhere are freaks and harries. Freaks and harries, dykes and fairies tell me where is sanity. There ain't much of it around, I can tell you that. I'd like to think we got, we might not have the, the market cornered on sanity, but we got a pretty good uh, bigger slice of it than most folks out there. And that's what, of course, we try and partake of here on a regular basis. Roger sails with you Monday. Monday can't trust that day. And the date of that day you can't trust is December the 10th of 2018 as we draw towards the end of this year. Been pretty eventful. Boy, next year is going to be a humdinger. Um, usually Cyber Monday kind of day. We'll talk about that kind of stuff. Uh, but man, there's just so many events happening all over the place. Precursors in many instances, I feel that's the way I look at them. Um, excuse me, got a dry mouth this morning here. Uh, things we can talk about maybe off the little bit of the curve on the cyber stuff. I do have a real interesting article that appeared over the weekend uh, on zero hedge on bit club mining. Well, I was wondering where my co-host was. Um, well, there comes Mr. Cave jumping in there. Well, Chris, are you feeling better over the weekend? You were a little under the weather last week. Yes, I am on recovery. Yeah, your voice sounds better. I was going to mention, uh, it's something if you, I, I would imagine most of our audience has heard about it. We may have talked about it a time or two, but, uh, for the last, I don't know, six months or so. Since I moved in here, uh, we've been doing liposomal vitamin C. Are you familiar with that, Chris? Liposomal vitamin C? I am not. Pretty interesting stuff. Uh, for one thing, is it's real inexpensive. You can make it yourself like dirt cheap. And the theory is that when you take vitamin C, of course, your body can only absorb so much you, you know, pass it. Uh, even with IV, when you get a drip IV and you get... I don't remember exactly what the percentages are, 60, 70% maybe, absorption. and uh, But this stuff, liposomal, you get like 90% absorption, and it's real slick. Somebody had their thinking hat on when they figured this out, and you buy, uh, you can buy either natural vitamin C. Usually I'd be over at uh, Swanson vitamins is where i get a lot of my stuff but you can get it on amazon or where else they link into them of course but there's two types you can get the regular vitamin c ascorbic acid uh which is the white powder or you can get the natural stuff what they call the highest content of vitamin c in the world is uh, a, a thing called a brazilian cherry it's not a cherry they just call it a cherry it grows down brazil and throughout a lot of this continent and i don't think it probably would grow up here but they don't grow it but they're not come in bunches. They kind of have little, these little cherries that come off individually along the tree. So it's not like a traditional grape. But regardless, that's got some 20. I can't remember the percentage. Real high, though, natural vitamin C. Some people like to use this a little more expensive. But the only things you need are 
a blender of some sort, I guess. You might not even really have to have that, uh, but it's probably best to. Um, a ultrasound machine, you know, one of those machines that cleans jewelry. Which, oh, yes, hydrosonic. Right, which you can get pretty inexpensive from Harbor Freight, I know. And they've got generally an 8-ounce one, a 16-ounce one, and a bigger one. Anyway, smaller and a bigger. Uh, and what you get a this fat called lecithin. It's got an unusual spelling. Lecithin is, I believe, how it's pronounced. And you get... Yeah, something. It's got an unusual little spelling there, but it's a hard. It's one of those tongue twister words, lecithin. Um, but that's a fat, and you get the non-GMO kind, of course. And you take and mix a tablespoon of vitamin C in eight ounces of of real good water. Distilled is probably the best. Uh, something through reverse osmosis, be second. Um, and you make sure that it's dissolved in the blender. That's what you use the blender for. And you pour it into this ultrasound machine, and then you do the same thing with lecithin. If you're using that ascorbic acid vitamin C, you use one tablespoon of that. You use three of the natural kind, the uh, Brazilian cherry derivative. But you use like one of the of the uh, white powder and then three of the lecithin you go through the same blender process and then you cook that in that ultrasound machine now what it does is it takes the fat the lecithin and literally cooks it over the surface of the vitamin c so when you you drink a little bit preferably on an empty stomach working down in your small intestines and the fat allows it to penetrate the cell wall and you get like incredible amounts of vitamin C in a cellular level. And it's, it's just real cheap to do it. And uh, uh, very, very healthy people that have been doing it, all you do is just sip a little bit a couple of times a day. And they say, you do that, you'll never have another cold. It sounds like you're talking about molecular infusion, and I think that's a great concept. I, I did use some vitamin C and echinacea and colloidal silver regimen in my quick, speedy recovery of this thing, but I think your situation you're suggesting has some very strong, substantial benefits and merits to it. Well, it's all preventative. You know, that's the best, you know, everything you can do preventative is in your favor, especially if it's pretty inexpensive, and this is. It's L-I-P-O-S-O-M-O-L, spelled exactly like it sounds, liposomal, and there's all kinds of videos and stuff on it on YouTube. Hey, Chuck, how you doing this Monday morning, buddy? Oh, I'm doing all right. Got to go out there and start working on that van. <laughs> yeah, congratulations on your Heisman Trophy winner over there. Chuck let me know that Oklahoma's uh, candidate had picked that hardware up Saturday night. That's a, a quite a feather in his hat and the university's two years in a row. You're like quarterback yep. you, aren't you? Yeah, it seems like it. That's the way it looks like it's come, becoming. Yep. Well, congratulations. Um, thank you. Um. I just want to call in and let you know that the the word is it's pronounced lecithin. Okay. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a binder or emulsifier is what it is. We um, usually you'll find in uh, a lot of the your box ingredients, cakes, stuff like that. You'll right. see soy lecithin. Right. It's. They use that as the emulsifier, but a lot of people, if you look at the more organic stuff, they've gone to uh, sunflower lecithin. Yes. 
which know, is the non-GMO stuff. Well, I know you can buy specific non-GMO soy too through through Swanson and I'm, uh, other places, I'm sure. But that's just a real good. I've been meaning to mention it on the air because it's just a good thing for people to do. It doesn't take very much to make it. It's not real messy. Uh, you make about uh, uh, 16 ounces at a time, and it lasts you a pretty good while. Keep it in the refrigerator. And uh, like one guy told me, they've been doing it for years. He said you just like take a little. It's like you would a little sip out of a straw. You just take a little bit like that several times a day, pass in the refrigerator. And he said, man, I hadn't had a cold in 10 years. Huh. That That's pretty good. Yeah, that uh, liposome factor is, is uh, really good. So especially with us getting into this cold weather, man, I see you got a couple of blasts of real nice cold weather over the weekend around the country. Yeah, yeah, but Oklahoma was spared all that snow. <laughs> At least parts of Oklahoma was. We, where I was, we didn't get any. Uh, we just got a little bit of sleet in it's, cold weather. It's like what t- Lubbock or something got ten inches out in West Did Texas. It? I, I didn't pay attention to all of where it went, but I knew the South got hit. Yeah. Oh well, it's going to be a uh, uh, it's going to be a pretty good hardy winter, and we'll get to Cliff High's tape, I guess here as the conversation goes forward but he said next winter is going to be deadly and he used that word deadly he said people will die next winter wow that um i don't see i don't know where that storm i guess it came from the west it had to come from the west yeah but it's just weird that it didn't it hit lubbock yeah it didn't hit right here in our our spot i don't that's kind of strange. It's like we got an air pocket around here or something. Maybe it's the jet there's, stream. That's there's strange. Well, the, the jet stream usually what dictates a lot of that, which direction those fronts are coming down. Yeah. Instead of how they come yeah. straight down and hit you guys bro- broadside, you know, when they'll take a big term up above Canada and just come zipping straight down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are some pretty suggestions that the jet stream has uh, – it diminished greatly, if not stopped, in fact, been diverted. And it's not without some reasonable plausibility that they could be some weather-directed energy uh, manipulation going on that's causing those anomalous and very mysterious, well, curious, I, and unusual I, weather patterns. I can tell you for sure the ocean currents have, have shifted, not shifted, but they've changed. And one of the things they've done is slowed down. Now, if you'll remember back... When they had that big oil well explosion down there in the Gulf, and they used all the core exit, so that the oil wouldn't get couldn't get to the shore, because it makes it fall, okay, and down to the bottom of the ocean instead of hit the shore, because the companies got fined on how much oil hit the shore. And, but that sinking of that heavier material and the chemical reaction slowed down. The Gulf of Mexico was like a kickstarter for the Gulf Stream. You know that goes up and warms England and 
and it it fed it because the Gulf of Mexico is shallower. That water is hotter and gets hotter in that sun, and it kind of just kick-started as a pump over there and pumped warm water over past the end of Florida into the Gulf Stream and helped that whole system work, and they slowed the whole thing down with core exit. I don't know that that's the cause of what's happening globally. I think it's more of this global solar minimum we're going into and the overall effects of it. But that certainly had an effect on a real key part of the system, the pump. I mean, you're an electrician. Chris, pumps have a pretty key function in systems, don't they? Uh, Yes, they move energy from one point to another or multiple points. In fact, the burrs, mixers, uh, different types of assimilation or redirection valves that operate electrically to accomplish that function. In fact, that particular event you're talking about was the so-called deep water horizon Correct. disaster, which, uh, lack of maintenance or using faulty or defective things and covering it up to precipitate an event like that seems to me to be a very uh, dangerous maneuver by people who have ill agendas for the world and uh, taking over particular things, altering the weather, um, affect, disaffecting the food sources. Uh, these are things that uh, the powers that be of the deep, dark state uh, certainly have some very adept uh, possibilities to employ versus their owning the weather in 2025 document, the Air Force document for taking over the weather and weaponizing it. we got to these people, they can't reach a quick enough demise. Uh, financials here, the Dow started out about 98 points down. It's now 460-something points down. And gold, uh, I think gold is a real important barometer, even, certainly much more so than the crypto coins because more people look at it. It's got that long history and people are going to rush to it first before they rush to the crypto coins unless they're pretty astute people. Uh, the herd mentality. And what happened on Friday is gold got right up to 1250. Uh, and then it, they popped it right down just a little bit. And then that afternoon after the program, it tested 1250 again, at least twice, if I remember correctly, and they pop it right back down again. So obviously 1250, is a real important psychological barrier and probably maybe one for stops, setting off stops and stuff on these shorts that they've used to manipulate this too. So uh, we'll watch it as we go through the rest of the day here. Um, There was another thing I wanted to talk about real briefly. Let me do a mute though because i got to clear my throat. And that is a video I had a chance to watch. I think it was Kathy sent it to me, Kathy or John. And I watched it this morning um, before the show. I sent it over to Paul, and he only got into six or eight minutes of it and, and had to tell me how great it was. I'm going to put it on, to sh- on today's show description. I'll give you the title of it if you want to search it up in YouTube, but I'll put it at the end of the show description. And if you if it's a good thing to watch about an hour long, uh, because it's something we can discuss. It's really relevant that we've touched on a bunch. All of us see it is this uh, identity politics stuff that's so festering and overwhelming out of the colleges and stuff. And it's this real sharp lady giving about a thirty minute talk, and then they've got unfortunately way too small an audience, maybe 
30, 40 people. Uh, astute folks, though, with a few questions. And it goes to the heart of a lot of this stuff that we're seeing unfold around us. The tell me where is sanity part of the opening part of the show today. Because you can look at those events and see there ain't no damn sanity there. Racist, you're sexist. You're, you, they don't want to discuss facts. All they don't want to do is yeah, chant mantras and these little short slogans and overwhelm you. And it's, of course, the one thing that I did not. I heard one question that alluded to it, but nobody mentioned it. in the question, the answer, or her presentation is this is Frankfurt School. This is all Frankfurt School stuff, okay, which we have talked about in depth before. I'll put that at the uh, end of the show in the show links uh, after the description on today's CastBox stuff. But the, uh, the name of it is the Diversity Delusion. The Diversity Delusion. And the uh, lady that is giving the talk is Heather McDonald, uh, M-A-C, Separate word, D-O-N-A-L-D. I'll put that at the end of the show description today. You may want to check it because there's no doubt we'll come back to it. There's a lot. I might even play part of it here as we go forward in the week. But I wanted to tell, uh, take the chance to mention it, talk about it briefly, and uh, tell you that it'd be posted up there at the end of today's show description. Or you can look it up. I'll give you the name again. The Diversity Delusion. And then there's a bar, not a colon. There's a space and then this vertical bar. I don't know what the heck that is. And there's another space with her name, Heather MacDonald. Heather MacDonald had a talk, and it was at Hillsdale College. And it was good food for thought, good observation. And she's right, man. They've snuck this one up on us. And it has just popped up fairly recently all over the country. Uh, and uh, it is, it's a paralyzing force. Well, diversity means contraposed or uh, contradictive. It's other than the normal. It's a alternative position or view of reality, I think, is a, my comprehension of it. Well, that's what they're trying to get across is another view of reality and this whole thing that everything's based on sexism and racism. And uh, as she gets towards the end of the of her talk there, and she makes a distinction, some of these things that we've never, I'd never thought about. I doubt if most of you have, but the difference in identity politics. And she said, "What's happening with the new class of socialists that are in there? From the things they're putting out already, uh, is that we're moving into more of a class politics, you know, classical class warfare, as opposed to these identity politics, gender and sex and LB." GT and everywhere freaks and harrys tell me where is sanity because boy there's a lot of them freaks and harrys and weirdos out there man well, well, speaking, speaking of that Go ahead. did you hear did you see where uh, Kyler Murray had said when he, he tweeted something out when he was 14 or 15 I don't know what the the subject or the material the um, content was, but he said something. He must have said something about um, gays or something. <laughs> and it came out after he won the uh, Heisman Trophy. And then it came out that he had said something on Twitter. And then he got, 
uh, public backlash for it, I guess. So he had he apologized. Well, there's a, they love to put you in that position where you got to do that stuff and bring their little agenda to the forefront because otherwise nobody would have paid any attention to it. Uh, I I did see one of the games you guys were playing there towards the end of the season. I don't remember which one it was, Chuck, but it showed his dad and his mom and their friend up in the stands when uh, watching him play and uh, given a bit of his background he seems like a real well well adjusted young man from what i saw oh yeah he's uh like baker mayfield is is talented as far as his physical ability to be a quarterback but he lacks somewhat he's too braggadocious i guess he's uh and Kyler's uh, demeanor is totally different. Mm-hmm. He's, so he's got offense, some. He's been taught some humility yeah, by his father. Was what I took away from it. Yeah, he's he's a little bit different. He doesn't go around uh, promoting himself. Well, you know, Len, I was uh, young. Well, I was in my twenties, and I got into the big time record business. And I understand how you can get whisked off down that road when you're in that that when you're in the middle of it and it's all just swirling around you and it seems like the thing to do and it's very easy to see how some of these guys who uh, uh, uh who was the guy out of texas a&m a couple of years ago johnny football uh and manziel. all manziel and all the problems he got into and it's easy to see some of these people let their egos get away from them and that that humility lessens that evidently this uh, this guy taught his son along with his quarterbacking skills uh, evidently took pretty good. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, I, too, is a very humble kid, too. I really appreciate listening to him and hearing him talk, okay, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, the other guy. So, anyway, well, that's that was good, and I'm glad to see that, and that's what we're going to need is some people that have their head on their shoulders that can be role models to some of these other kids that have been so indoctrinated with this crap i i mean i just this hatred this frankfurt school thing and it's like this gal is being questioned at the end they say well what are we going to do about it all of a sudden it's overwhelming it's everywhere you turn okay and you just got to be strong voices about it and, and and speak out and 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 talk to people about it i guess and make your factual basis known to try and do something to overcome this line of thinking because what they're as i mentioned to paul paul and i spoke briefly for the show you're seeing them utilize the same thing here that they've utilized to enslave us all it's herd mentality not only that roger this is also the divide to divide sure conquer oh, of course strategy of tension uh, that they're trying to perpetrate around the world, the altering of cultures, the infiltration of revolutionary terrorism forces posed as migrants, uh, whether they're driven herd or paid mercenaries, uh, provocateurs and troublemakers. Uh, it doesn't really make any difference because of the monumental effects of Clarence and Cliven's uh, pressure from above blow to collapse the system so they can reform it in their new world global delusional conclusions that their theoretical systems are going to be better when they're going to be worse for the rest of us for sure it might be better for the elites that are going to profit by plundering and pillaging the people but it'll certainly be hard on the rest of us well the system doesn't make it we kind of know that you see the crumblings already and uh uh but 
it's going to be a real mess with a whole bunch of these wacko people that can't reason, can't read, can't think, and uh, uh, that you you're going to have to get out there and try and rebuild society with. I mean, I you know, they're probably a bunch of them are going to kill each other off. All right. And that's why it says in there, come out of her, my people, you know, what we preach around here, uh, a physically if possible, I guess, but certainly you can do the others spiritually, financially, politically. Um, and it's like she was talking in here in this talk about one of the crazy ways they're implementing rules. Somebody asked her what Trump was doing or could do. And, uh, she just gave this example where California firefighters used to have to be able to read at a 12th grade level. And now they have started using that because too many white men were getting past it and getting the jobs. They've come back and said that rule is sexist or racist. And so that rule's taken on a racist uh, uh, manipulation now, and they've kind of been able to get past it where the rule was there so that people that are using hazardous chemicals and stuff that have got to read the labels could at least read the hell what they were using. But that type of manipulation at that level, instead of taking something that's a competence uh, barrier and a competence level, and they skew it to racism because it favors whites. Intelligence quotient and ability to think critically to qualify for those high-level extreme sources of work where people's lives depend upon whether you fail. And when you have a race to the bottom and you remove any qualification to try to force your uh, agenda of racial equality or whatever other preposterous, maybe too many conservatives were getting in, so they want to have Democrats in or whatever other divide and conquer strategies you use, it can be very dangerous. So it's become political. Well, it has the been fire. Go ahead, firehouses. Chuck. Become, they've become political. The system has. We. I just found out a few weeks ago that we have a uh, a black, an all black unit, fire unit, and uh, or I guess uh, I don't know how they divide them up into different uh, quadrants or whatever. Um, sections or it's kind of militarized, but um, in their rankings and, and things like that. But they, I found out that they're all black and their standards are lower. They will not, you, I guess white people can't, I guess they have had one or two white people in the mix, but I asked them, I said, cause it's a, it's a, uh, what the quota thing. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so they they have this quota for these certain amount of black people, I guess. But it, this one unit is basically all black. And I asked the guy, I said, well, it was another fireman I was talking to. And he, he's I said, well, it, does that mean that would you risk your uh, – would you want them to risk their life for you or rescue or to be, you know, have to depend on them? And they said no, because they don't know what they're doing. 
Did you so ask them if it's not, did you ask them if the fires they were fighting were different color? <laughs> no, he said he didn't have a problem with working with black people. It was the issue was is that these these guys were ignorant uh, or not. They didn't study. In other words, their test their test requirements to get in were lower. Competency is uh, what Chris threw in there. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. They, they're not competent. And so he wouldn't trust them to save his life. That's why. That's pretty sad. Well, 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 well. Um, only thing we can do is come yeah. out of her, try and help as many people as we can, and try and strengthen ourselves and be as strong as possible uh, in those different areas that matter. Um, and, of course, the one we usually talk about today is uh financial stuff um i i stumbled on an article over the weekend it's pretty good i'll i'll post it today over there too on the show links and it's it's on bitcoin mining and you for a long time we've we've talked about how that my feelings were from the start that bit club my uh, network is a very solid enterprise and that Whatever we do, we're going to have opportunities. So if we go forward, the, the field's going to explode, okay, uh, and in front of us over the next coming couple of years. And there's going to be tons of opportunity there. But if you got something good and solid, such as Bitcoin mining, then uh, you've always got something to fall back on. And the events here as of late are pretty well proven that philosophy to be correct, I believe. If you've not seen it, the drop in prices has just cleaned out the mining industry. The pictures last 10 days or so I've seen where warehouses were opening up their doors and selling those bit club mining rigs for $200 or whatever they could get for them because the cost of electricity has overtaken their ability to produce on a small scale and that the only ones that are going to survive the shakeout, you can see it already happening, are the majors and which of which we're affiliated with one. So that should make us all feel real good because we've certainly felt the sting in this space over the last couple of years of ones that didn't work out. So the original feelings about the stability of BitClub Network and its desirability down the line, and, and I'll get into that as we go a little bit forward here, but there's a very good article on Bitcoin mining and what's happening with it around the world and the links that some people are going to. Uh, we've always pretty well used Iceland. Uh, I think a place called Vern Global is where BitClub Network uses the Icelandic advantage of what we're going to talk about is happening in Norway. Uh, the two big places in the country, in the world right now, for Bitcoin mining are Norway and Texas. And Ooh. one of the reasons, and as I read this article, there's a couple of things that really surprised me. There's some interesting statistics in here. Um, one of the reasons China's gotten so big is because they had all the manufacturing over there, and the Chinese government has been subsidizing Chinese mining by selling them electricity if they do mining. They don't allow exchanges, but they allow mining. And of 2 to $0.04 cents a kilowatt hour, Chris. 
Well, this is a very interesting question you're bringing up that has relative material operations on what we were speaking about last and now. The accuracy, the reliability, the quality of the data, the stream of information that we're relying on to make these decisions, even for the computers to make their uh, logarithmic assessments and derivations, the derivations uh, where they compare all these numbers at exponential high speeds, so on and so forth. The Intel databases, the monetary databases, these are all mathematical computations that require computer power, although the question that I have, I think, is salient, is I know my laptops and pretty big powered computers that most of us have Compared to the big server operations, the server operations do use a lot of power and heat. Bluffdale, Utah, I've worked in quite a few different server farm locations, communications, uh, transport platform centers, nodes, hubs, if you will. And yes, they use a lot of power to these things, but it's not more than a large hotel or a manufacturing facility. Uh, and to try to pretend or imply that the power is what's shifting the burden to me seems to be perhaps a little disingenuous or at least it's a it's a straw man argument all the banks and their branches all over the world use hell of a lot more electricity than Bitcoin mining. This is very interesting, though. We'll get into a little bit of discussion on it here and a little bit of background. These are things that I didn't know. Um, you know where the mostly electricity goes? It's because those hard drives are working so fast or what? Well, I don't think that they use electricity. I think everything that's generated goes back to the generating facility on the neutral, as or the unbalanced the, of the neutral, as the case may be, the, in an AC system. The, uh, whatever. I don't know that you actually use electric. I you, think it's well, a force. I'm going to give you the answer. I'm going to give you the answer here. It's used for the fans that cool everything. Okay. And I've got a video, I won't even play it on the air, that just is taken inside a facility where the computer's working and all the cooling apparatus is trying to pump over it and keep those uh, uh, the CPU cool, all right? But what they're doing in Norway, I was real impressed with, and a German company started this. And uh, they went and found on a big fjord, you know how fjords look up there? You know how fjords look in Norway, don't you? And so uh, yeah. as you're up there and it's very cold and they found an old mine of this um, mineral, uh, I wouldn't, uh, olivine, uh, and it was 500 feet deep. And so what they did was piped in and, and enlarged that mine and the company produces uh, containers shipping containers with all the stuff mounted in there and they simply stick them on trucks drive them to the mine drive them 500 feet down and they because it's even you know down deeper it's cooler and what they did they went to the lengths of taking the air that does circulate off of the cooling and they run pipes that are connected to the fjords and the pipes suck the additional heat out of the air and transfer it to the water 
all seamlessly, and then it's piped out in the fjord and it dumps it out there where it mixes with all the old, other cold water. I mean, it's they've gone to some really, really big lengths here, and the uh, electricity is virtually free. In Texas, one of the reasons they, they don't have all these cooling advantages there in the plains of Texas, except when these low fronts go through, Chuck, <laughs> I guess I guess they got some cooling down there now, but ordinarily it's pretty hot out there in Texas. But with all, uh, they have, they're literally burning off natural gas in Texas just to get rid of it. And so there's all that literally free, just set up the infrastructure right there. And, uh, you got free electricity. Um, but the other things that are happening is where there's been gold mining or any kind of intense mining over the last hundred or so years, they always had to have power. And if those facilities have ebbed down and the mines run out or whatever, those power plants are still sitting there. And they got one pictured here that somebody up in Norway has gotten working that was bought it was installed the company was established that built this generator chris you'd like to see this i ought to send you well i'll post this article uh in 1867 and it's still around today this generator that they show operating here was uh produced in the 1920s and that thing just sit there and purrs man so where the big Bitcoin miners are moving is around the world to these pockets, which are away from cities generally in these older deserted areas that have some sort of a power plant capacity or else they've got natural gas like Texas or else they've got a lot of hydroelectric like Norway. So uh, just pretty interesting. There was some real interesting verbiage in this article, and it's worth reading. Okay, Uh, so I'll post it up there at the end of the show. Uh, notes today and the title of it is uh, if I can get up here at the top it's a pretty long article Bitcoin mining and the beauty of capitalism <laughs> that's that's very curious Roger you know I've been around some pretty big uh, generating facilities Hoover, Hoover the Boulder Dam whatever you want to call it they right. changed the names I've been down the inner workings of that particular facility uh, several years ago, and seen those huge, monstrous uh, hydroelectric generator pin stocks and so on and so forth. Uh, this is quite a technology, and uh, this is something that's going on around the world. They're attacking sustainable, viable power generating sources like hydro, which are based upon water movement. There are pin stocks in the air. Uh, generators that may work, but the wind doesn't blow all the time. But the water, generally, as long as you have the recirculation of the weather fronts and so on and so forth, the snow melts, uh, you have water that runs pretty much on a steady basis. And it doesn't take a lot of water movement to generate quite a lot of water. And, of course, then you can capture it, build up dams, earthen or otherwise, concrete, steel reinforced, and you can develop a large stock of water behind those. And as long as they're maintained properly, and they're safe. If you don't maintain them, in the same way if you don't lubricate the shafts on the generator motors and stuff and do some uh, basic level maintenance, then they do get to be an issue. They freeze up, they resist, they blow out, and so on and so forth. And so people are trying to find other what they deemed to be viable resources of solar, wind, or uh, floating things up in the sky or other nonsense crap that really is not as sustainable as hydroelectric dams have and 
geothermal activities. Of course, there is the cause and effect. Newton's first law of physics is for every equal reaction, there is an equal and opposite reaction. And the effects of what we take out, the cool or hot that we remove from something, has to have some operational effect on the areas around that are removing those temperate conditioned environments and moving them one place to the other. And, of course, then you're moving that heat or cold to the surface uh, from those lower uh, estuaries or storage facilities. And it becomes to be uh, which is going to give up the ghost first, break down, and have a dramatic effect that causes substantial change, whether it's earthquakes, volcanoes, or uh, even changes in the atmosphere above and the weather patterns that go around. These are some things that apparently short-minded people are not looking very far down the road with any serious contention of what the impacts may be, whether they'd be good or bad, we don't know. But if they turn out to be really bad, some people are going to be really surprised, and maybe some won't be, and they may be betting on the outcome because they know what it's going to be, and that's what the futures bets are all about, especially for ones with the inside knowledge of what's going to happen because they're going to make it happen. Well, I can tell you one thing. The future is going to be cold, especially during the winters. And uh, if if some of the scientific data, the real stuff, instead of all this fake stuff that gets out there through the agenda of the media uh is real and oh, no, i got I, I, it's, it's, it's heating now I gotta for global cooling. well oh, no, no, no. We're, we're going into this mini ice age thing and it's going to be damn serious uh and evidently you're going to feel the sting of that this winter but really feel it next winter and the other effects that it's going to have are are on the planet itself with more earthquakes, more volcanoes, and more clouds all over the planet uh, as it goes into this cooling mode for evidently longer than mo- than any of us are going to be here. Well, there are those who suggest that the sun and the storms that take place there, the solar spots, the coronal mass ejections, the solar winds, do have a dramatic effect on causing the weather patterns here on this planet and perhaps other planets and spheres around the solar system. I can't believe that anybody wouldn't think that that was absolutely what's happening. Those sunspots are incredibly important to the, what would you call it, the geography of the the sun and the way that it works as a heat engine. Mm -hmm. And if that changes and the lack of sunspots is certainly indicative of a pretty big change in that direction it just can't help but affect us so there's nothing we can do except it's not going to come on us overnight uh so we got a little bit of time but it's the sanity tell me where's sanity to go in and understand that stuff to realize that what the other is is nothing but horse hockey bovine excrement and to go on some factual and you know as i've said so many times so everything we do here chris all these diverse things we talk about and these hours we spend together is just to allow people hopefully to get a better idea of the way things really work so that you can make accurate decisions. 
mean, it, that's really what it comes down to. Their deal is skewed for you to make terrible decisions. And what we got to do is to, to, to get reconcile that to the other side and understand these things where we can make some decisions that are a little more in our favor in the long term. Well, you reaccentuate my point. How can you make accurate decisions on inaccurate information that's well, it's, unreliable and unsubstantiated? It's, it's and very difficult. It's certainly designed for that to happen so that you'll make uh, urine poor decisions. Well, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That's Hosea 4-6. Yep. and yep. certainly an operant. Yep, well. qualified. And if it's not accurate, it doesn't count. Well, you know, above all, what's it say that boy, that verse, verse Tom brought to us, which is so relevant? Above all, seek understanding, I think is what it says somewhere in there. And um, so... I think understanding comes when you got when you got knowledge. When you got knowledge, the understanding's kind of handed to you. Sometimes not even at your at your invocation. Um, so the other thing, I guess, is we probably lead up to John and Kathy's call. To, let's see what the market's doing here. Market's down four twenty six. Gold uh, still around in the four twelve forty six range. They're trying to keep it below that 1250. That's an important level for them. I know it's an important psychological barrier, but it must be have other importance too. Um, hey, Roger. Yes, sir, Chuck. Did you see? Uh, I just saw this little um, side column. I'm looking at this website. <clears throat> it's at ccn.com. I've sent you about Bitcoin before. And uh, they, it says KFC Venezuela accepts Dash cryptocurrency, joining Subway and Papa John's. <laughs> well, Maduro said it made a statement over the weekend that all uh, oil sales were going to be done in cryptos. I don't know if that got very really? many legs. I'll tell you something that else that happened here that's pretty interesting. Last week, my uh, my landlord. Uh, and friend Patrick that owns the chiropractic business and stuff has two daughters and uh, one they're in their early 20s one of them is about to graduate from the best law school in the country here at the university not too far from here it's called San Francisco and so she's in her last year and working in uh, kind of a public defenders program they've got there where they help people legal problems and whatnot well uh, she called uh, when I got moved here. I got Patrick into BitClub Network, and so he had a sign down there on his front desk, the receptionist area, and says we we take Bitcoin. And so the daughter called uh, Friday, uh, Thursday or Friday, I'm not sure which day, and said, "Dad, Dad, do you still have that sign up there? We take Bitcoin." He said, "Yeah." She says, "Take it down, take it down. They're going to pass law, or they already passed it. I have it. I don't know whether this is rumor or or what. Okay, it's kind of knee jerk reaction to me, but it's funny." She said, "They they passed a law that if they catch a retailer taking Bitcoin, it's 15 years in prison." Wow. Okay. So I haven't seen anything on it anywhere. It leads me to believe it's just rumor stuff. But uh, but that came down somewhat semi-official channels to me here locally, and it's just interesting to me. <laughs> said you don't think they're too scared of it, do you? Wow. Remember <laughs> what we said? Always watch the way they react. 
how they react will tell you what they're really thinking in many cases. And this is one of those, if true. And they had tried to snuff it out at the retail level. That was the way Ecuador was dealing with it up to now. But, uh, you know, what are they going to do? Send out the Bitcoin police? Come check your ledger and see if you took something. I mean, they held their stretched as it is, you know, with their budgets. And uh, so it's just very interesting, the things that are happening around the world. We're on the right path. And uh, I truly believe that BitClub Network is just something. You don't have to work the business or anything else. But it seems to me like for $600 to get even a basic mining pool, as we get into, if Cliff High's information is correct here, we haven't talked about it too much. I'll, I'll post that along with the other two articles. So I posted it the other day, but in case somebody didn't see it, it's Cliff High's latest uh, hour-long talk or so. Now, his data, and he said what has happened in the last years, for one thing, he had a type of a cancer, and he probably would have died if they wouldn't have uh, finally diagnosed this problem he was having with his colon in that little new place wherever he lives up there in the Northwest. But he said what has really happened is the deep state is throwing out all kinds of memes, all kinds of different stuff all over these platforms and trying to see which one the populists are going to pick up on, you know, like throwing bait out there and seeing which distraction gets legs next. And he said they that really confused his data in many instances, and he's had to go back and write uh, algorithms that filter a lot of that stuff out and he's just getting mm-hmm. in a point health wise to be able to do that that undertaking so that's why this has some importance but I, it's not the news that any of us want to hear okay and what his information shows is that we're going to go into further down and that as we get into 19 2019 bitcoin won't really perk up again in the cyber coins until august and that between now and august we're going to see it go down to as low as twelve hundred dollars all right now if that's the case that's one hell of a buying and a building opportunity for all of us because what follows shortly thereafter as we get close to the next halving the next halving is going to take place around may of 2020 before we get to that date in early May, you will not be able to buy Bitcoin, according to his data. It will go previously through the mania stage between August and that time, but there'll be a time sometime in the spring of 2020 before the halving when you will not be able to buy Bitcoin because of the mania for it and the fact that anybody that's got any ain't letting it go. Mm-hmm. Um, I that's interesting. I didn't realize that Bitcoin had dropped to thirty-four until just a while ago when I looked it up. You said something about a drop it, and I looked again. Man, I'm like that gun. Well, four hundred. That's right. why. Well, and these are things we just don't know about. Nobody would have thought, and and I don't think anybody else is imputing these moves into the future this is strictly from cliff and he's real out front about it and he explains a lot of it so that's why i'm going to repost it in today's uh show description that'll be one of the three articles that we post up there and i advise y'all to watch it you know and get your own feel for it if he's correct yeah, no it's it, it's good it's good that he does that we 
because uh, I've been waiting for an explanation about what the heck is going on. I know the futures is involved, but this it, it makes more sense about them trying to skew everything, and they do do this from every uh, every well every year I guess or every every um, president presidential term that comes in. There's always something that goes out where they try to test us to see how we respond to stuff. So, well, it's interesting that every asset class in the world, except now that housing's turning and going south a little bit, but all of those have been rising except for gold, silver, the metals, and cybers. Okay? So obviously yeah. those are the places to be because that's where the big upside is going to be down the line. But if it does go down here in 2019 and we got to go through about eight or nine more months of pain, okay, uh, use it as a building opportunity and get that mindset because it's going to be one hell of an acquisition period if, in fact, Cliff's projections do come to pass. They may not. He, he's been wrong in the past. He may be wrong about this, okay? But however we get between here and there, that period this time next year going into the having within a few months is going to be a mania. And if, if the other thing that I mentioned it the other day is very significant, and this i got to tip my hat to Cliff for because he's smart like this, and he did it with Antarctica. You know, when he was seeing all the stuff happening with Antarctica, he said, go look and just look up jobs in Antarctica on a search engine. All right? And that's what he did here, and he's following this jobs thing. And the statement he made in the video was in the last 18 months, the job opportunities in blockchain, all sort you know, management, programmers, salespeople, the whole conglomerate job picture had gone up 940-something percent in 18 months. Wow. wow. Okay. Now hey. that's laying, laying the bedwork for what's coming. Okay. There's no other way you can read or interpret that. Uh, right, real quick before we time gets away, I'd like to, that uh, article that I sent you this morning late. I'd like to read a little bit from it because it goes over it, it. It connects with what you were saying about them putting out um, these different memes or themes or whatever you want to call it to try to gauge us. Well, you got these billionaires who not all, not all billionaires, but these two spe specific ones in this article are talking about how Bitcoin is a is a dead man walking. And it says Bitcoin is a dead man walking whose price will eventually plunge to zero. That's the dire prediction of Peter Maluk, the president and chief investor investment officer of Creative Planning. Inc., a Kansas investment firm that manages $32 billion in assets, which is all tied in cash, of course, um, or fiat money. But he says now he downs Bitcoin, and this other billionaire does the same thing. It's, uh, he believes in blockchain is a revolutionary technology that will fundamentally change how industries do business. But um, let's see, he doesn't like Bitcoin. He thinks Bitcoin is a fraud. And this other guy, billionaire Howard Marks, the co-founder of Oak Tree Capital Management, who said Bitcoin is a greater fool theory investment. Um, 
then it goes on. He gives his fundamental flaws of it as crypto transactions are purely speculative. There are no real fundamentals to evaluate. Bitcoin doesn't produce any products or services, hire any employees, or pay any, any dividends. Reg number two is regulation will eventually stifle Bitcoin. The minute Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency appears to have even the slightest chance of disrupting national monetary supply, I expect regulation to be swift and decisive. And number three, Bitcoin will not, won't stand the test of time other than the name recognition it carries in the market, it virtually is indistinguishable from any other cryptocurrencies. But he does say that other cryptocurrencies have value, just not Bitcoin, but he doesn't give a reason why. Well, I guess I, I'll, I'll, he may have been very successful over there in his field, but I would just about guarantee you he's dead ass wrong about this. That's my feelings about it too. I, I, I tell just you, don't, personally, I, it's and this what this article that I was uh, Bitcoin mining came to the same conclusion. It's liquid gold, except it's <laughs> even got bigger scarcity limitations than gold does because they may find road to root over there in the Grand Canyon and all the gold, or they may somebody be able to figure out some way to. Uh, change uh, change mercury to gold they've been trying to do it for hundreds of years with all this technology who knows they can't do it one day they can make coal into diamonds <laughs> yeah yep well you know roger it's a it's a very intriguing proposition i'm not convinced that those two sources that are cited there and that our chuck brought to us are fair neutral unbiased contributors <laughs> they seem to be more of a bankster gangster mindset with their uh, different management groups and heavily vested in frns and other uh, paper currencies around the world and decrying the aspects of an alternative money medium if you will or value medium uh bitcoin so on and so forth not that i'm ballyhooing those things but i'm just saying that uh, prudence and diversity of your portfolio and not having all your eggs in one basket seems to me a more prudent well, course of action I, for a diligent calculator. It's very interesting <laughs> because for all those years, you see, back when I was just getting into this and learning, uh, and they'd get those investment advisors on there, and they're, oh, don't put your eggs in one basket. Have some of this and some of this paper and some of that paper over there, and you need a few more pieces of this paper from over here. And I said, to hell with that. I'm putting all my eggs in the metals basket. I know better than that, okay? And so there was nothing to diversify to back in those days. But now we've crossed a threshold, and you can diversify into some of these others, and you can speculate a little bit, and you can use some reason and, and look down the road and see that, you know what, I'll just bet that carrot bars card that's even at this point partially backed by gold, as gold's going to take a, a gold and silver are going to take a much bigger piece of the initial action as the thing starts folding because that's the one that's proven tried and people are familiar with a lot of the people like these billionaires that chuck is quoting from that article in my question to them do you have a bitcoin wallet have you ever used one or bought one <laughs> that's a good you know, question Roger, 
Yeah, that brings up a very good question, Roger, but that's the question I'd rather talk to you privately off the airways All because right. I have something that offer a significant opportunity uh, similar to some other things that are going on presently that we're talking about. I do hope that in the future, should you ever get Mr. Harold Seitz's number, uh, I would like to at least speak to him or have somebody speak to him on my behalf concerning my particular carrot bars uh, so-called account that was unlawfully taken from me by my betraying and uh, treacherous ex-wife. Whenever they had me locked up, she cleaned me out of all that stuff, and it was registered in my account. She had hers, I had mine, but uh, she appeared to think that community property, she could have everything she wanted, and I could get nothing. I'm not sure that's how... Uh, 50-50 goes. You know, they wrote a country song about that, uh, Chris. It was called, She Got the Mine and she I Got the, the mine, Shaft. Got the shaft. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I think you ought to learn well, the, I, I, I think you ought to learn the chords to that one. <laughs> I know that one pretty good. I feel for you, Chris. I'm sorry, man. You just got to laugh about it at some point. That stuff hurts. I, you know, I hadn't been through it to that extreme, but I've been through it a little bit. Uh, let me see if I can't welcome Mr. Casera here. John, we're having a rambling conversation here this morning. We've got Chris on with us and, uh, and, and Chuck from out there in Oklahoma. And I uh, don't okay. know if you've been listening. We've been talking about this article I stumbled on on Zero Hedge on Bitcoin mining. Uh, that uh, we talked about some different aspects of it that are very, very interesting. And they all kind of lead to the conclusion that, you know, we made a good decision. We picked a right horse with BitClub Network, and it's really the horse to ride, especially in this mining space. It's a pretty volatile oh, space, sure. man. People are are dropping like flies. Yeah, they are. And it's because of their debt-based system. You know that they they don't have the staying power that we do, but things are changing here too. You know, a lot of that stuff is going to be changing. Their way they're going to be doing stuff is going to be changing. Powers are actually going to be increasing. I called Kathy, but I don't know that it. Uh, I thought I thought she showed up there. It was pretty interesting. Well, yes, there you are. Oh, okay. okay. Hey, girl. There she is. Good morning. Good morning, Buenos. We're talking about a guy here, and his company is Northern Bitcoin AG. Is that the right? And he's mm-hmm. uh, associated, affiliated with this pretty cool operation over in Norway where they've got their facilities down in an old mine, 500 feet deep on a fjord. And so they've, uh, uh, they've got hydroelectric power that's dirt cheap, five cents a kilowatt hour. They've got it down in those depths, and they even go to the point of piping uh, pipes in from the fjord in Norway, obviously pretty cold, and having a heat exchange there in the room where the uh, where the containers are, and you can actually feel the difference in the temperature of the pipes, and it takes the heat out of the air and transfers it to the water, and they dump it back out in the fjord. I mean, real slick, high tech stuff. And everything cool, is, buddy. yep. And everything like is, your car. it's real slick and everything is done in containers. And the company that is a German company that set up the mine and explored the mine where they can, uh, and, and then they build everything in shipping containers, just put them on a truck and carry them right down the mine, set them up in a rack, boom. And within 48 hours, it's producing. Hmm. 
pretty slick. Okay. I, I I'll send you this uh, this link to this article. I was going to post it for the folks on well, Castbox today. Castbox, excuse me. But uh, pretty slick. The innovation here is really cool. And the two biggest places that are hot for Bitcoin mining in the world are Norway and, uh, of course, Iceland, where it gets that cool aspect that they can't get otherwise, and Texas, where they're literally burning off natural gas. Okay. Why, why is Texas a hot place for Bitcoin? Mining? They got all kinds of natural gas. They're, they got a big natural oh, gas problem yeah. out there, and they're literally burning it off. So people are going mm -hmm. over there and converting the burning of the natural gas into energy to mine Bitcoin. So those are the right, two. Right, right, run the electricity, the two, sure. Yep, the hottest places in the world. Uh, but very interesting what's happening in the space, the mining space particularly. And it just goes to show, as I said earlier, that we've made a right decision. We picked a good horse here. Well, we did, but it's not all about the mining side, you know, and then, and you're going to probably have discussions more and more about, uh, because the mining is down that the big club program is really a network business. Uh, the mining is great because it, we don't have to have an auto ship. Um, all these other network companies, marketing companies that exist out there and have grown, have always had some kind of an auto ship program. Well, they have an auto they have an auto ship. They auto ship your Bitcoin mining earnings to your account once a day. Well, yes, but it's a reverse auto ship, right? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. We don't have to keep coming up with money out of our pocket. But I'm going to be real clear. This, the wealth that's been built here has been built based on building a network of other people where you're sharing some of this stuff. You're getting a little piece of their mining uh, as well. And it's designed so that the average person can get in and build a network here. And the reason it makes it really viable is because you don't have to keep coming up with money out of your pocket all the time. You can constantly build. And every time you build, you're adding more power to your network, which is going to generate more cash flow for you down the road. That's the basis of this whole business. Now, in addition to that, since they become so successful and so large, we become a distribution platform. And we have all these other new technologies that are coming out that we're all going to get to participate in. And their model, again, is, is is everybody gets to profit from all of the technologies, whether you're out there selling CoinPay or you're selling the phone or you're doing any of the other products that are coming down the road. That's really how the wealth is built here. Uh, people are going to be really attracted to this idea for the next few years as you see, we go through this turmoil and stuff that's going to happen. But after that, when Bitcoin normalizes and it's up there, you know, the mining that we're going to have going and the residual income we'll have from the other mines, that, that's where all of our, our wealth will be. People will still be able to make money with mining, but they're not going to be able to build the wealth that they have the opportunity right now. That's what people aren't seeing. They're sitting around waiting for things to get better. And, and this is when you get literally filthy rich if you really want to do that. But well, you it's don't work. As I saw, a Wall Street guy says you don't build a business in a bear market. And in a bull market, you build it in a bear market. Right. Absolutely. And they're beginning to talk like that because the cracks are finally coming through. I mean, housing is, is dying like crazy. Uh, you're you're going to see that thing drop again. You're going to see all these tools for sale at bargain prices from the pawn shops. <laughs> People are getting rid of their stuff. Um, it's just, it's just, the whole cycle is just repeating itself. Uh, You've got a, the, the huge bond market behind. You've got the huge overloads of funding. Um uh, you know, we're in for a really wild time. Right? People yep. are going to be all over the place. Yep. And uh, you've got the violence really building in the, in the U.S. Uh, now, and you got the violence building in France. Um, we're in for some really interesting times. Boy, that's an understatement. 
Um, I don't know if you heard me say it or if you've had a chance to see Cliff's uh, latest video. I'm sure you, you you have, and you probably Kathy too. No, but, I really don't. I really don't pay much attention to Cliff anymore. I'm well, so busy with the mining stuff. And well, he said something real interesting in there. I'm not uh, his his projections on price and stuff are a little bit. So we got to evidently, according to the data that he's getting lately, having to go out and refilter it because of all the New World Order stuff that's being thrown around misinformation and trying to get people to bite on stuff but that we're going to hit another low period we won't see it uh prices perk up until next august which for our mindset is honestly good because it gives us a few more months to build and this is the time when you're going to lay a real firm foundation but as it turns into next 2020 as we approach the halving there'll be a point where you cannot buy bitcoin well, correct, and the inflation rate is less than gold. So, uh, you know, Saifedean's book really lays this stuff out. Also, I don't think that uh, Cliff is right on next August. I think that the bulls well, he probably may, got it. Uh, he may not be right, okay? He's not all the time right, and he'll for sure tell you that. But it was an interesting right. take on it, and the other things that he had revolving around that, the next two winters, next this one going to be serious, next one real serious. Uh, things like that, you know, that are just interesting to look at, just to, to look at the, if nothing else, the possibility of that happening and work it into your thoughts as you watch things unfold. Mm-hmm. So far, Bo's been uh, right on, uh, on, the, on on this market adjustments that have been happening. Yep. And now you're beginning to hear it on Main Street Media. And uh, so I'm, I think that uh, we're heading into some really interesting times because really seriously, the big boys are coming into this market. Yep. Well, this is what I was going to say. One of the statistics that, and, and a, a meme that he, a metric, if you will, he looks at is job applications, job openings. And, uh-huh. and he said in the last 18 months, the job opportunities in the blockchain space, now that's the whole space, all, you know, mm-hmm. managers, sales, programmers, et cetera, yeah. had gone up, I think, 942% in 18 months. <laughs> well, this is not, yeah, it's, it, you're preaching to the choir here, man. Yeah. You, know, and, you remember, my, I got a son that's uh, getting a master's degree in accounting when he finally figured out what he wanted to do when he grew up. And uh, I told him, I said, you, you, you need to start studying blockchain technology. I said, that's where you need to go with this. And said, if you want to be in the top of your heap, you get in blockchain yep. technology. Yep. Of course, they don't listen to me. If I tell them to do it, then they're going to do the opposite. You yep. know what I mean? But tell them, so, to, um, tell them to go tell join them the military. <laughs> I already did that, too. Yeah. Yeah, I did that, too. Well, you know what? You, you know, when you think about the military, of course, you got to sign your life away and you got to get shot up with all the vaccines and all that kind of stuff. That's you know, the bad I mean, part there right there. That's the bad yeah, part. I know it. And that's, that is the bad part. But honestly, you know, there are five or six combat support positions, uh, you know, to every combat guy. So accounting is a very safe place. You're not going to find yourself out there, you know, fending off bullets doing accounting generally. Now, that in the old days, that wasn't true. Remember, the paymaster had to go out and pay everybody. Uh, they don't do that anymore. Everything is automated and by computer, so... When they when they come up with so called Fed coin, there you go, man. Yeah, but it'll be right on their <laughs> cell phone. Yeah, yeah, it won't be a problem. So uh, there's there's a lot of opportunity out there. Uh, there may be some safer militaries to join too. You know, Canada comes to mind. 
It ain't very big. The Irish <clears throat> always join the Irish army. Yeah. IRA. <laughs> no, no, the Irish army. They don't send them fighting anywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. But you're not Irish. you got to be Irish. Oh, boy, 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 what a mess. Well, the best thing we can do is to try and make good decisions today for tomorrow. Okay, you know the old thing, you can't live in yesterday, you can't live in tomorrow, you got to live for today. Well, that doesn't mean you can't make good decisions for tomorrow today, and you can still Roger, live today. Nobody yes, wants sir. to make a decision. That's the problem. Well, they, they I, so I'd like to think our small, our small little cadre here is somehow different in that area. They're well, looking. they haven't joined the big club yet, so I, I question that assumption. Well, we got a bunch of people that have joined. We've got a couple in there, but they're not doing it. They're not out there building this network. No. They're not out there talking to people. No. They're sitting there waiting for somebody else to do it for them, or they're waiting for a direction from on high, that you know, that, that shining light in the sky that says, you are chosen to do this or something. I don't know what they're doing, but they certainly are not there building it because I'm not seeing it. Nope. Nope, me you either. You know, and... and I, I don't care. There are people out there I'm talking to, and I'm going to continue to talk to, and I'm going to look for a market, and I'm going to find the people that want to do this, and I'm going to move ahead. I'm not content to sit where I am and take it. Oh boy, you I can do something to change your life. I mean, let's get on doing it. I can't believe the opportunity we have in front of us, and most people just don't see it. But that's why some people get really wealthy, and other people stay in the mud. You know, it's the 80-20 rule, John. Yeah, I guess that's the case. But right now, everybody is so confused. It's such a new technology. They just don't, they're listening to everybody and their brother out there. They're looking at all these altcoins as if they have any value whatsoever. This is why I push Safedine. All of these other coins are controlled. If you want to see this, the uh, what happens with a, a centralized coin, just look at what's going on with Roger Ver and whatever his name is. And the battle they're having. I don't want a centralized coin. You know, a lot of people are talking about XRP, XRP. You know, XRP is... Is that Ripple? Confiscatable. Is it's that Ripple? Ripple? Yeah. You know, people want to get into XRP. Well, it's just well, like having Federal Reserve notes. They can it, take it from you anytime they want. From a standpoint of somebody that is, you know, just purely profit-generated and motivated, that may be a very good play. If it is the banker's coin, you can just about bet it's going to go up. Okay. Well, of course, but uh, they can turn around and just decide uh, you've had enough. We're going to take it. They well, can inflate it. I didn't say I didn't say not to you know take advantage of it and get out of it, but there is a play there. I would think on the profit side, it, it depends on whether you got scruples or whatever. I guess I don't particularly want to profit off their stuff, but some people could, and I'm, I know some people will invest in the dollar. It's the same thing. People don't want to do that. The very same reasons you don't want to touch a Federal Reserve note is the very same reason you do not want to mess with Ripple. You do not want to make that successful for those people. Only place to be in this coin market, seriously, long-term, permanent, unconfiscatable, can't be screwed up, can't be hacked, can't be taken, is Bitcoin. All the others are subject to all of these problems. And at any time, at any moment, they can turn on you. And uh, Bitcoin is the only one that's going to be stable and is going to go where we say it's going to go. I think Safedine in that book has really proven it. Um, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but the price has come down on that book now. You can get it for around $13, $14 a book. I haven't and noticed. 
Yeah. Well, I'm using them. I, I, I got the book and I, you know, put my name and some things in it and I, I give it to centers of influence. I give it to people that are going to be able to command uh, f- funds um, that have some, some wherewithal and who will read it. And even if they don't read it, there's one page in that book. It's page 249. I don't have mine. I gave all of my marked pages away here, but let's see. It's, it's uh, like 249, I think. Yeah. And it is a return to sound money. And the only thing you need to read in the book, there are two paragraphs at the bottom of that page. You just read that page. Let me just read the lowest one here. The man, the demand for Bitcoin stems from the need of individuals all over the world to carry out transactions that bypass political controls and to have an inflation-resistant core of value. For as long as political authorities impose restrictions and limitations on individuals transferring money, and for as long as the government money is easy money whose supply can be easily expanded according to the whims of politicians, demand for Bitcoin will continue to exist. And its diminishing supply growth is likely to lead us to its value appreciating over time, thus attracting ever larger numbers of people who to use it as a store of value. That is one paragraph on a whole book describing the whole basis for this thing. That should be the that should be your battle cry right there. And that's the first thing I do. I mark that page and I hand it to the individual and I say, look, if you don't have time to read this book, there's some online videos. I want you to read just this bottom pair, these two paragraphs right there. That is the whole book in a nutshell. And that's why you need Bitcoin. And then I hand them the book. Hopefully they read it. Yeah. No, they'll they'll read that right there because I'll read it to them. <laughs> it's I do just what I did with you. Right there, and then I hand them the book. And and that is the core value. That is the whole basis of why we need Bitcoin. And that's the only one we should screw with. The rest of these things can go by the wayside. If you want to throw some money in them just to see what happens, great. You know, people do that all the time. But at least, you know, you write off that money. You, you if you lose it, you don't care. You just wanted to see what was going to happen. But with Bitcoin, it's different. And then you've got all of the fear and all of the noise and all of the crap going on in the press. You know, they've announced the death of Bitcoin again. How many times? Just within the last couple months, simply because it's going down through a market cycle. It's actually tracing all of the other cycles. Just the amounts are different. And also, they're... The biggest huh. challenge is to try and get people off of, off of looking at price and look at fundamentals in the long term uh, because you can't really come to too much of an otherwise decision when we've got the track record that we've already seen what it can do about this time last year. So the idea that that's not going to happen again is sophomoric. As a matter of fact, there was an article I saw today, why, why Bitcoin billionaires are still positive on Bitcoin. Great little article. Yeah, because they know the fundamentals and they understand what's really happening. We have even a little bit more of an edge on them because we understand how the system's totally propagated. Mm-hmm. Well, we kind of got a lesson in that today. Kathy was talking about how the system's being propagated through kids and other things because uh, she has to deal with seven and eight years olds. <laughs> Remember Art Linkletter? Kids say the funniest things? Yep. Well, the kids also parrot back other things, too, that aren't so funny. Give everybody pause. 
Did you see that video of that uh, Antifa guy getting hit by a truck? No, I didn't. <laughs> he's out there yelling at the Christians because they're having a meeting, a public meeting, and he's he's you know running them down, running his mouth. <laughs> so he starts to cross the street, and he's not paying attention. He's just making cars stop and stuff. Well, this guy hit him, knocked him down. Oh, I think I might have hit, seen that. I think it's in uh, your feed. I think you sent that over. I'm not sure. If might have a while. It was a while back, I believe. It was pretty short. Yeah. Instant. But- Instant karma, man. Instant karma. <laughs> he didn't get up either. We were. Uh, Kathy, was it you or John that sent me that uh, Heather McDonald interview at Hills or talk at Hillsdale College? Me? On the diversity dilemma. Yeah, I yes. watched it this morning, and I was talking about it in the first part of the show. I'm going to post it because I think we'll probably talk about it uh, throughout. You know, it's just good good basic foundational information in her talk there on what we're dealing with. And I don't know if anybody's ever up to this point really been able to define it. You're just all of a sudden it's happening everywhere. You see it happening in all these colleges, all the Antifa phenomena, the anti-Trump phenomena, the, uh, the way this thing has just propagated and all of a sudden just appeared everywhere. So a uh, very interesting video. Thanks for sending that. Hey, listen, I'm going to send you another one. I just, accidentally saw one by bishop sheen you remember him right i remember the name what life is worth living kind of thing well the cool thing was is he was talking about lenin he predicted lenin's death two days before it happened and also um he talks about how the communists was going to take over the world and there were three basic fundamentals that he talked about in 30 minutes he laid the whole progress out you're seeing exactly what he's talking about mm-hmm. here Mm-hmm. Um, occur, and it that was back in the the, the late forties and fifties, early fifties. Yep, M- amazing, predictable. What he was saying, yep, it's predictable. And what they're really talking about here in this whole talk, I I never heard anybody bring up the Frankfurt School, and that's what's going on. I mean, that's the basis of all of yeah. all this dividing. Well, that's where it comes from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I know about the Frankfurt School. You know, I got a little book on it too, but nobody ever talks about the Frankfurt School. Frankfurt School. No, we talk about Columbia University, though. You know, one of the listeners a while back went over to the State Department website and where all the hierarchical people are listed, you know, all the ones in key positions. Mm-hmm. Every one of them had a Ph.D. from Columbia. Every one of them. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yep. So well, you they, can bet they're not in the crypto space. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, well, we are, I plan on being, and I, I encourage people, you know, I was telling them, John, right before you came on, I think Chuck mentioned something about it back in the old days when I was acquiring some metals and all these financial advisors, such as yourself, would be going around and saying, Oh, don't put your eggs in one basket, have some of this paper and that paper and some of this paper over here. And I kept it all in one basket. And, uh, so now though, we've gotten crossed threshold. We're into a new area, and there are some diversification plays, but uh, uh, but everybody, you should look at what are the three asset classes that haven't risen: metals, gold, silver, and cybers. Everything else as an asset class has gone through uh, uh, an inflationary spike here. The housing market, as you mentioned, is starting to turn and become visibly so, and you can see the play on interest rates and that's going to get exacerbated as this thing goes forward 
But uh, any of those plays are good. But Bitcoin has, has a utility that gold and silver do not have. Just flat don't have it. No, and it's going to be a worldwide rush to it. And, and as soon as these big boys start coming into play, uh, and they will, we've already seen it. We've just seen it develop, you yep. know. And the regulatory things are going to change for the common average guy. Uh, those of us that know what's really going on are not going to go along with all that stuff. I don't know if you noticed, but the e-residency program over in Estonia looks pretty attractive for some people. Uh, that's really interesting. Uh, <clears throat> but as far as... Uh, Dealing with the Bit Club, we're in, we're in a really good spot, and it's going to take a while for people to get their feet on the ground and start paying attention. Some of them need to go through these cycles to see what's going to happen. But you know what? Right now is really when they should be motivated to get people into the program because people can get in right now and begin to build a network. And it is about building a network. You know, the mining is still good. You can use the mining. You can use it to offset pension things if you understand what you're doing. But you can't come in with a $500 pool and say, hey, man, this is going to build like crazy because it's not designed to do that. So the mining is is very important to what we're doing, but it is not the whole story here. It is building a network of people working together to get little bits of pieces of income from different sources from all these people that they join together and to market these other technologies. That's exactly what BitClub is. Not just a mining program. Well, it's a heck of an opportunity, and uh, there's a lot there for anybody that wants to participate however they want to participate. Uh, but it's very viable. It's been proven, and it just uh, I'm, I'm glad we uh, saw it and found it, John, and, uh, you know, we've attached ourselves to it. There's And while you have all these other guys shutting down, there's a very, very hardcore group that are not and we're leading that group we are the largest and the biggest those guys in norway while that's interesting actually norway is talking about taxing bitcoin mining by the way did you know that it wouldn't surprise me you know with things start getting centered there <clears throat> sure so uh our, our montana facility is going to be up and running and expanding and um we know from previous statements that it's going to have over sixteen thousand petahash in the club pretty soon this is coming year and uh, the neat thing that I'm really excited about is, is that they're, they're really aware of the difficulty rate, and they want to keep it down as low as possible. The difficulty rate is the number of calculations a computer has to do in order to win the award. And that went from under $3 trillion last year to over $7 trillion, $7.1 trillion calculations per second. It's now down around about uh, $5.6 trillion calculations. And... That new facility is really interesting because when they plug it in, it's not going to be like 16,000 petahash hitting it. It's going to be like you're plugging in one computer. But the behind, behind the scenes, behind that plug-in is going to be 16,000 petahash. That's well, they've already been running some of it on about 125 megawatts. Um, they've got um, 45 acres and rooms and rooms full getting ready to uh, turn all this equipment on. Um, so it's 30 times bigger than, uh, this other facility that we already have in Iceland. And, um, oh, let me look through my notes here. Vern Global. Is it 30 times bigger than the Iceland facility? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, let's see. Plus we have many other facilities across the world. Um, 
Uh, I had some good notes. I just can't find them here. Well, that's always the case with me, too. I know, I, right? You take the notes, and then you need them, and then you can't find where you put okay. them. But the, the, the main thing is, uh, yeah, it's uh, we're sitting on our own. We own it all. We own the land. We own the uh, the equipment. We own the building. We own everything. You know, everything's already paid for. So that'll be really exciting to get it fully powered and, and up and running. Just... Um, how does it tie into the other ones, John? Do you want to explain that? Let it me ask, in, so it looks can I ask if we were going to do a facility up there and they had a partner that was pretty wealthy and then something happened. This, this, is, this, is, all, this is all theirs? This is not, it has nothing to do with those yeah. guys. They're out. No, this is all different. We're in better position now than we were going to be in. This is entirely different. Okay. So we're, we're happy to hear that. You know, we, we're not in the middle of We're not Mega Monsters yet, you know. <laughs> we don't get all the information. We get bits and pieces. And, and some of it we just kind of put together from hearing things from here and there from other people within the organization. But uh, we're bringing out the positive things that we know about now. And, yeah, uh, it's you're, our own data center. We don't have to, you know, rent space from any other data centers around the world anymore either, you know, like we were doing because we own it all, 45 acres. That, I heard Russ say something I thought was very, very important because you still hear Big Club is a Ponzi. And you still hear that it's crappy mining. And you still hear all this negative stuff. And it needs to be restated that it is a network program that you're des it's designed for you to go out and be able to build a network of people working together to generate income. Like who who said that? I'd rather get you know one percent from a hundred people than that do was all the work Napoleon Hill, but he okay. was basically uh, paraphrasing Mr. Carnegie, I believe. Yeah, something like that. But that's exactly what this is. It's no different than any other program out there, except that it's not a Ponzi. You know why? Because they have assets. <laughs> that was his major point. Millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of assets. And they actually are performing a function, and it all works really well. It just has some affiliate network components, but it isn't an MLM. And it isn't one of these guys that shows up and says, I'm mining. Um uh, Russ has also been heard restating very strongly that the, the biggest sin in Big Club is lying about anything. If you're going out there and you are telling people to get into this other little shiny program and then take that money, come over here and get into Big Club, or, well, the mining is down right now. Boy, Bitcoin's really crappy. You know, come over here and join my shiny program where you're getting all this other money. Uh, you're going to be kicked out of this program because it isn't true. These things can't be better than what we're doing already. They just can't. And so I'm, I'm very happy with that. Look at all of the uh, hundreds and hundreds of these little shiny programs that we've all seen this year that already failed. They're Ponzi's, you know. This is very verifiable, you know, even on the blockchain. If somebody's showing you something, tell them to prove it. Prove it. Go to the blockchain. Show me where you're at. You know, show me your transactions. Show me your assets. Uh, we can do all that. And the others can't. That's my point. That's why when they, when when uh, Michael Alexander said, you know, we are the only legitimate operation uh, out there, he was right. Yep, exactly. And so we've got to encourage people to get motivated to get into this space because they have a real 
serious opportunity here. This isn't a joke. They literally can, working together as a team, you got you got to have the team concept idea. You've got to have the network ability, but you've got to be able to go out and refer people and get them here. Now, look, the best way to do that is to get on our webinars and get into our trainings and, and, and meet other people that are doing it. There's no one right way or wrong way. You just go out and talk to people. You have to be convinced in your mind that this is the right way to go, uh, which I'm thoroughly convinced of. And uh, if you need a little bit of my mojo, come on over. I'll give you some. But um, the opportunity is there. And the people just need to pick it up and run with it. Now, what's this business about Ecuador wanting to uh, make it illegal to take Bitcoin? I don't know. Well, they've already done that. But what they, if that's true, and it came through channels, which would make me think it is, okay. Uh, but they, I haven't seen any announcements or whatever. But if that's right, they're just trying to increase the penalty. Uh, there was already an outlawing of people using it, accepting it at retail. But mm-hmm. what are they going to do? Send out the Bitcoin police, for God's sakes? They can't even handle well, the influx of Venezuelans. Right. Well, there's another so point to make. They, uh, what's the, the uh, modus operandi? Are they coming out with their own ICO? Hell, I have no idea of Kathy. I, you know, uh, they floated that a couple of years ago from the government ah. to pay people and stuff, and it wasn't very, very well received from what I understand. But mm-hmm. just yes. next door over here, Venezuela, over the weekend, Maduro has said he's only going to sell oil and cryptocurrencies. He didn't wow. specify which one, but he made that announcement over the weekend. He'll probably get his own ICO going too. Huh? Well, they're certainly <laughs> planning on that, trying to back it with okay. gold and oil, and Russia's oh, in there trying already. to help them. Huh? It's called the Petro. There you that's go, Petro. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah he's I already did. done that, trying to do that. Nobody's buying. <laughs> um well, geez, I just had a nice, good thought. Oh, oh, the thing is, is Raj, remember that court case I sent you that this guy has been, been winning? Um, the fact is, is that Bitcoin is considered speech, uh, and 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 there's freedom of speech on all the, all these pro- programs. Um, most Western countries uh, agree to that, and Bitcoin isn't a physical thing; it's code. It, you can you can print it out on a piece of paper and and uh, you know record it in your local recording, and that's Bitcoin. Um, it's really hard to say that that can be banned in any way, shape, or form. And the court case is there to prove it. The guy's winning his cases because it is just mathematical code, and the, you know it's you can read it, you can talk it, you can speak it. I I couldn't do it. I couldn't use. I don't have the mathematics to do it. But uh, I know my kids do. They, they all did. We're majors in math. They know how to read it. So I think there's a lot of changes coming. There are big the changes. Things. Yeah, and I and we're in for a good ride if we know, if we follow what we're doing here. But you've got to maintain that ability to get Bitcoin, which is why I am so hot with the Bit Club. Because this is the only way I know of to spread everybody having economic capability to utilize Bitcoin to transfer value. So that value can be imputed. Uh, the imputation can be, I'm going to do a service for you, and I want you to send me some of those uh, calculated things called Bitcoins. You know, <laughs> We have an economy. And you can already see the cracks happening in the Western countries, all of them, 
look at France. I mean, it's amazing what's going on over there. I haven't seen any live video or anything like that, but I've seen some of these static pictures. You, you, and, hadn't, uh, you hadn't wanted to see any live video. It's ugly. Yeah, it is. I think people need to see that. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, you know, there's a lot of other people around Europe that are seeing it, and evidently it's really festering in some of the other hot spots. Italy, Spain, Portugal, Brussels, Germany, no doubt, Greece. Well, there's a real serious backlash on all of this forced uh, illegal immigration on people. Well, you know, it seems like we need to clean house. It needs to be stopped, and there certainly is a global awareness to it. And France has really brought it to the forefront. But dare I say that I doubt if all of that in France is just because of some higher gas prices on diesel. Okay? It's all this other stuff, the immigration and the pressure that's been put on them and the global warming crap and all the other regulatory schemes. And it's just like the tax uh, the tax on diesel just broke the camel's back. As you know, I also just heard today Faith Goldie, uh, who is a firearms owner in Canada, uh, just found out that there is a religious exemption on your going for your, your gun rights uh, permit up there. Um, it's okay if you have a religious exemption and can't provide the photo that's supposed to be on the uh, listing. Oh, you got to be kidding me. No, it's really interesting. Really interesting. She actually called and you heard the conversation. She showed you everything in the in the documents. It's not a very long video, too. It's maybe less than five minutes. But she's actually talking to them. And, yeah, they can get a, a license with no picture on it. So it could be a, anybody behind that hajib. I think that's how you say it. Um, and uh, you can get your gun permits that way. Wow. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Listen, it's a, it's really an interesting world. We're having a great time here looking at all this stuff. Um, we're also looking at uh, getting into Mexico. So if any of you guys uh, have, can speak Spanish pretty well, you know where there's a real big opportunity to get Bit Club going down in Mexico. Uh, those guys down there need a way to generate some, some good income over the long term that's going to grow in value. See, I think that's the greatest thing is these small bits of Bitcoin that we're getting right now, just if they just want to do the mining and they don't want to do the network side as much. Come in and buy $100,000 worth of Bitcoin uh, mining. And, uh, you know, those little bits will generate substantially down the road, and they're all going to grow in value just like little flowers. Well, boy, water in them. It, it doesn't generate too much when you look at it on a day-to-day -day basis, but it does mount up. And when you put the numbers to whatever you think a Bitcoin might be worth in two to five years, you can see where those little incremental days uh, be would make a living a lot easier day to day. Well, it's like Russ said on a thirty-five hundred dollar forum when they first started to now, and and everything that's going on right now, everything that people are saying, they got rich from that period when twenty seventeen hit. All of those people that were there before that were all struggling to build a network because Bitcoin was at $200, $150, it was up and down. They all, all got rich now because the price went up based upon where they were. Well, we're looking at a, a $3,500 or even a $2,000 coin value. <laughs> Compare that to where it's going. That's what people aren't seeing. Nope. Well, they don't have the faith, John. That's because they don't understand the fundamentals. 
All they do is look at price. And they keep seeing, hearing bad articles and people like Noreen Rabini and those guys. And they keep seeing the price go down. And, and you got to get people on fundamentals and understanding what the basis and looking long term. I mean, it really is that yeah. shift right there that has to be, that people have to be cognizant of if you want to advantage yourself in this space. Because there's going to be a lot of advantage down the road from the people that did it now. Sure. Well, the rest of the guys are really. Yes. Go, go ahead, Kath. Uh, I just, I agree with him 100%. That was very well said. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're a little frustrated. They, they're hearing the same questions that they heard when they first started. The same kind of crap keep coming back at them. The, and the reason is they're getting new people all the time. And they're, they're meeting with the new people all the time. I think they're kind of burnt out with all the questions and stuff about is Bitcoin going to die? Is it going to, you know, where's it going to go? Is it going to go to zero? Yeah, Bitcoin could go to zero, but it's just a near impossibility. And every day it exists, it's stronger than it was the day before. And as you see these turmoils come in, you're just going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. And when the big boys come in, because they know that where this is going. You know, these guys that are billionaires and these guys that are putting in billions of dollars into putting in these programs and the commodity exchanges and stuff, they know where it's going. Okay, now, why are you listening to this little guy on the radio or TV tell you that Bitcoin is dead when major institutions are building the infrastructure to make it a regular investment program? See, they're, they're, there's just total disconnect there. They're listening to that little tiny voice and not looking at the big voice. <laughs> here, here, this, is, uh, this is from that Bitcoin mining uh, article from Zero Hedge. And it's talking about a guy that set up a company, Northern Bitcoin. And uh, they're the ones that are buying these containers. Okay. And it says, at the moment, Northern Bitcoin, Northern Bitcoin, Northern Bitcoin has 15 containers with 210 mining machines each. So 15 times 210. The 15 containers produce about five bitcoin per day 15 containers times 210 machines produces five bitcoin a day at a total cost of around twenty five hundred dollars at the end of november and 2018 and after the difficulty of solving the math problems went down by 17 percent so they mine five Bitcoin per day at about $500 a piece. Hmm, that's pretty good. Okay. Mm -hmm. Even McAfee was saying it was running about $1,000. Right. Some others have said it's been running about $2,000. I guess it just depends on the cost of production. I've heard about this company before. I heard about putting it in containers and just, you know, modular uh, increments. Uh, for the small guy, I think that's pretty good because they don't have time to set any of this stuff up. Yep. No, this is a pretty good cracker. The way they got this company's done the whole mine. He's got the way they set the containers up in racks, and then it's got all this additional cooling and cheap electricity. It's a you know pretty nice little turnkey thing. Just buy the containers full of the computers from us. Mm -hmm. We'll move them. We'll set them up. Boom, they're yours. So anyway, I just thought that about five hundred dollars a Bitcoin there, uh, according to him, in in this time frame that we're in right now. I, I, you know, I, this is something I would never own. I would never want to own those machines. No. I would never want to own those containers. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want somebody to come in and try to take them from you. I, I, 
I like what we're doing. Yep. Because it gives us freedom and it gives us the ability to generate an, an unstoppable worldwide basis income that, that we can go anywhere and get and use. And that's what I like about the fact that Bitcoin doesn't have any borders. Yep. Bitcoin here is as good as a Bitcoin anywhere. BitClub Network is very flexible. I, it's very flexible with whatever you want to accomplish right. by, by utilizing it. That's what I've found personally. Mm-hmm. And you guys, you guys got to remember, I've been on all these other programs. I've been on leasing programs, partnerships after partnerships. These these public partnerships and stuff they offer you people, um, you know, they're designed so that the general partners can take in money and fail and walk away with no penalties. It's called safe harbor rules. And that's exactly what the legislature does. It passes safe harbor rules. And then the big boys bend the rules. And they're so big, they, don't, they, they buy off all the politicians. They don't get paid. I mean, nothing happens to them. And they control the market through the regulatory arm, so they get to squash their competitors. Now, this is very important. People think, and I already thought about this a long time ago when they started talking about the idea that big boys were going to come in, and I said, oh, no, futures. Uh, I I really didn't think it through in, in the vortex the other day. Remember that guy we played on your show at one time? Yeah. The futures market will and can try to suppress the price of Bitcoin by using naked shorts. Now, it's illegal for these guys to do it, you know. Um, the thing is, is, what they don't realize this, is that there's guys like us that will use that as a buying opportunity to buy and hold the Bitcoin, thereby increasing the price. Well, see, they've got overall. another, there's another uh, uh, pitfall in that scheme. Those close on the weekends and the others don't. Well, true. We don't close ever. So, but, but the, the other exchanges, the other exchanges around the world. So, if they do try and do in the regular work week with control, it there's two days there when those uh, markets that are not under their control will be a little bit better at finding a fair price. Well, you have that right now in gold and silver. Same sure. thing, right? Not to the, the extent is, that is, not to the extent that you do in. Uh, uh, in the crypto markets because by their very nature at first these exchanges were popping up all over the world open 24 7 seven days a week okay and the other one's still closed during the day but yeah you can always go to a gold market somewhere in the world but what you don't have is the is the real broad hodler in that market that's why it kind of works and they can control by writing these millions and millions of contracts to suppress the price. You suppress the price on Bitcoin from the current market price, and it's a buying opportunity for most of us. And I, when I get the capability to do that, because we're still putting everything in expansion, when we start getting to the point where we're going to be taking stuff out and they, they suppress the price on, on a naked shirt, I'm buying, buddy. Well, I sure hope it goes take- to zero and I can get some of these people to just give me some. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that be cool <laughs> but see it's not going to happen because there's a lot of people out there holding bitcoin they're not going to sell it they're never going to give it up and they've got them on their hard drives and they've got them in a, in a safe and that's where they are that's they're going to sit there and it's just never going to happen and the market is too big and Safedine even talks about the only thing that could kill bitcoin is if they would produce another form of sound money that works for everybody. And that's not going to happen. So we're in the right space at the right time. There's never been an opportunity like this. It's better than anything. I'm glad I don't have to have oil rigs. I'm glad I don't have to get out there and 
get in the lumber business and, you know, take advantage of all these other technologies. Uh, this is just too easy. I don't have to have an advanced degree. I don't have to have any real education to do this. I have to learn a little bit about how to run my computer. Of course, for some people, as you know, Raj, that's real, uh, that's a real problem. It's that technical challenge for some people that have been reticent to learn how to do uh, even simple computer skills is a real big hurdle. Mm -hmm. And it's sad to see those people get left behind, but they're just going to flat get left behind. Well, you know, Kathy and I laugh about it, but I was like that with ATMs, man. I'd never wanted to use an ATM. And when I got up there the first time to try to figure it out, I had a bit of a problem. (laughs) I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, people say, well, that's real easy. You just press this button and press that button and press this button. And I said, oh, yeah, really? I actually made a deposit that disappeared one time through an ATM. I only did it once. But I didn't have my receipt, so I couldn't prove I made the deposit. Uh, you know, we're in a new world here in terms of where it's going, and I'm very happy to be here. And I'm very, I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to the future. It doesn't look, how, I don't care how dark it looks. I'm going forward. And well, uh, you guys are welcome to join me, or you guys can sit there and take the consequences because I'm not waiting around for you. Well, I think we've got a lot of things playing in our advantage here. The uh, the new information on the common law birth certificate, the uh, more people wanting answers out there in general and the general dumb public. Uh, we've got these opportunities here, excuse me, in the financial realm to set ourselves up later down the line as this thing develops. And it is real exciting. It just... It never happens fast enough, obviously. And, yes, and what yes, we yes, find yes. out is that our adversaries have tremendous powers at their uh, at their fingertips that we didn't really even know that they had the, that degree of power. Uh, for Isn't instance, it it's all coming out. Yeah, a lot of it's coming out, uh, but but the ability to siphon twenty one trillion dollars off into just two agencies that you can steal and use for whatever nefarious purposes you want to use them for, and people say, well, how have they been able to do it for so long? Well, you know that little that little deal right there is, I guarantee you, one of them. Walter Burian, uh, you know the Kafra One website still going strong, man. All that information's over there. He'll show you exactly how they did it. Because they found it. They found that stuff way before either uh, Catherine Austin Fitz found it. Yep. Well, it's uh, just we just have to wait back, sit back and wait, try and buttress your position. If you want to be industrious, it's a good time. If you can be thrifty, it's absolutely a good time because this is going to turn. Don't know when, but I know it's going to turn. The other thing, Raj, see, when you couple the financial freedom that the Bitcoin gives you with the political freedom that you can control so you don't lose your political rights, uh, that's that's a one-two punch that they can't beat. Yep. They've got to literally destroy this country in order to get rid of that. Well, that's why you, we planted our flag so firmly here in this space early as possible is because it, it does dovetail right in, and it gives you those two really preeminent aspects of freedom political and financial and you can acquire the other two if you got those absolutely well i'm looking forward to it i i want to see it unfold it's not easy i mean uh, it's hard to maintain momentum and positive natures every time you hear somebody else is slamming you down but you know what that just shows how important it is they don't want you to succeed so you got to do it in spite of them (laughs) Well, the whole system is designed to have you make bad decisions so they can clean your clock. There you go. 
and everything we do and I should allow people if they'll utilize the tools to put themselves in a position where they can make good decisions that will benefit you down the line and if we could do that collectively then as this change happens it'll be our people that are looked up to because they've accomplished something and then they'll be able to get the political message across easier uh you know just as we go forward more and more and more people are going to be wanting answers and ready to listen and you know the old saying in teaching when the student is ready the teacher shall appear mm-hmm. well we're here we're just waiting for these people to get ready yeah. we're ahead of the curve and they need to jump now i if if nothing else just go buy some Bitcoin. You know, you really don't have to put in millions of dollars to get some benefit out of it. Just buy some. Well, you, you, met, you said something the other day that I've, I've thought about several times, okay? I even mentioned to a couple of people that if you've got 0.1 Bitcoin, you've got more than mm-hmm. the majority of people in the world are ever going to have. That's correct. It's exactly correct. Now, that's a startling I, statement when you really think about it, okay? But I can see the relevance of it. Mm-hmm. And those of us right now that have the opportunity to get one whole Bitcoin right now, some people can actually go buy them. They have the funds to do it. Everybody is still trusting in the system that's, that they don't own. All these 401ks and IRAs and dormant 401ks, th- th- this is money that's sitting in these accounts that are not connected to any company. They were there. People left. They took jobs. They got fired, whatever. There's trillions of dollars sitting there, right there. And that's all going to evaporate, you know. Bob Chapman was right a long time ago, you know, and he's been saying this is this is back in the early 90s. Get your money out of dollars. Get your money out of dollars. And you're hearing it again. Max Kaiser saying only keep in fiat what you can afford to lose because it's going to go. And uh, people are saying well, there's you, you know, it's Raj. I don't know. You're right. This this catatonia these people are in. It is. It's the, exactly the, what it is, John. They're just being whipsawed that they don't have the power to think it through, and that's exactly what our education system did to them. They never taught them how to think. They never taught them about the trivium. They never taught them how to use logic. Even me, I hated it. Julie used to use do logic programs all the time. I hated them. <laughs> I just didn't want to think about them. But it takes some work. But you can follow leaders, and I'll tell you something. Big Club is the leader in this space. There is nothing like it. There's nobody else out there. You get into this program, and you will succeed. But you have to do something. That's the only thing you have to do is you have to do something and make the decision that you're going to get into the water. It's safe. (laughs) We're on our way. Well, we're doing the right thing, and and we're certainly – what I stress is to take advantage of the time. Because this is a great time to be building something, and I'm, I'm not being facetious about it. And if you don't want to do it, don't do it. But the people that do have a bigger vision, this is a tool. It's proven. The company's going into its fifth year. There's no kind of shenanigans or even question about it. you got a firm foundation, and you get out there and lay the seeds. You know, you don't have to be super aggressive about it, but you need to talk to people about it and plant the seeds, and a majority, uh, some percentage of those will sprout for you down the line because we're going to go into a mania where you will not be able to buy Bitcoin because nobody that has it wants to let go of it. So how do they get more information? Well, you tell you tell me. 
<laughs> uh, just go to webringyoumoney.com. That's webringyoumoney.com. And, uh, you know, we can answer any questions you might have or show you how to get enrolled. Well, and, and for, you know, if you do want to incline to try and build a business and mention it to people, you don't have to learn all the stuff. John and Kathy do this three times a week for you. All you got to do is plug people right into the webinar. They'll go over all the basics. They've been doing it about a year and a half now, pretty good at it, and uh, get the point across good, and it takes the, the burden off of you. Okay, so everything's sitting there we, uh, for people to take advantage. Some, uh, pretty exciting information yesterday that we don't know enough about to actually talk about it, but hopefully next Monday we'll be able to tell you about these new additional programs that they are implementing above and beyond the coin pay even. So exciting times coming up. There you go. Okay, nice stuff happening there at Bit Club Networks. Good place to hang your hat. Uh, John and Kathy, thanks for joining us. Chris and, and Chuck and everybody that listened the first hour, I'll post those three stories over at CastBox. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow to talk about them, see what happens between now and then. No doubt there'll be something topical come up between here and now and tomorrow when we get back together. So from beautiful Kumbaya, Ecuador. Have a good day, John and Kathy. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next week, if not before. Have a great day, kids. You too. Thanks, Bye-bye. Roger.